When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Hello, uglies, and welcome to the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night Postmortem, where we are recapping and sharing behind-the-scenes insight on episodes of the Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 5. As always, we are your ghost hosts for the evenings, the Queens of Darkness, Swanthula and Drakmorda. And we can't wait to dig into the recap of Dragula Season 5, Episode 9, The Last Supper. But before we do, I do want to remind everyone that we are currently casting the Bully Brothers Dragula season six and the deadline is quickly approaching. So if you intend on auditioning, please submit all your materials as soon as possible. So this will be a recap of the reunion episode, but it's also going to be a deep dive on any of the unaddressed drama that happened during the season. It just sort of Catch us up from episode one till now before we get to the reunion. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, they may not realize that when we do film the reunion, it's a little bit of a double edged sword, right? It is one of the easiest episodes for us to do. And I I use the word easy with air quotes because the whole episode happens in one filming day, which is kind of nice because you don't have to do it for two or three days and multiple days of drag and all of that kind of horror that we endure every season of Dragula. But for the reunion, it's in one day. However, it is a long hellish 12 to 15 hour day where there's so much that happens um and then it just all gets kind of like narrowed down to one hour of entertainment like 45 minutes so there's a lot of drama and a lot of stuff that kind of like falls through the cracks which we'll be visiting today i don't know if you feel this way i feel this way because i'm very engaged in this part of the show i am very into the dynamics of the personal interactions between everybody and, and what happened to them when they went home and where their headspace is and all that and for me this is the hardest day of filming emotionally and mentally period of the entire season is it like that for you or not as much i don't think so i i, I set myself You're up like, for i the, don't give a I shit i really don't i no, is it hard no it's not I, I feel like i play a little bit more of like a kind of like a support role yeah. to you this is very similar to the podcast and previous episodes where we do interviews like i'm interested in talking and i love the verbal melee and the of talking with guests and it's the same thing with the competitors and just getting their perspective but i think you actually care I do, but I also know that this is their 
last opportunity. You know, we've been through many cycles of the show and I know for some of them, I'm like, this is your last chance to address anything that you want to address. And if you don't, you will never ever hear the end of it. Mm -hmm. I can think of people that were on previous seasons that didn't say stuff, you know, at the reunion and and they say, Oh my God, I wish I had said that because people still ask me about that to this day. And I'm like, yeah, well I tried to get you to say it totally. And you wouldn't. So yeah, it's, it's stressful. Well, because we've been down this road like time and time again in our five, six seasons, if you include Titans, like we've been to the reunion before and we do try to advise them heavily, like say what you need to say, get it out there. And I I don't think they're able to see everything that's happening sort of all at once and have the presence of mind to know, oh, yes, I do want to represent myself well. I don't want to get the heat of social media on me. So I got to be careful with what I say because that's a reality uh, that people on TV have to deal with now. But also I need to make sure that anything that needs to be said is said now because there's no guarantee for the future. I may not be on TV again to get that much, you know, to get that much exposure for my thoughts. And it defines you. If you don't go on to have a a bigger career than the show or get cast on a show that's more well-known than our show. Like let's say you get uh, on a scripted show or whatever it might be. This is your highlight. This is like the most people will know you from this Mm -hmm. and the most people will be able to hear your message while you're here in this reunion on the show in this moment. After that, you can go on Twitter, you can go on Instagram, you can go on whatever, but you're screaming a little bit into the void. You're never going to reach that volume of people again. I also feel that when you are given the opportunity to come on the show, it's a gift. It's a gift. And there is a price to pay for that gift. The price being you must share your innermost self with the audience. That's the exchange. There's a price to pay. And if you come on the show And then you sort of start to not want to give that gift anymore and you start to close off and you start to not be open. I see it as an absolute disrespect to the fans because you came on the show. They're on your side. They're rooting for you. Show them who you are, warts and all. And if you don't, I feel like it's it's a, a slap in the face to the opportunity that you've been given. Well, we're going to get more into that when we come back. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will dig into The Blade Brothers Dragula Season 5, Episode 9, The Last Supper Reunion. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
We are back, and it's time to deep dive into my favorite meal of the season, The Last Supper. <laughs> and before we go any further, we couldn't do it without our co-host and cohort in crime, Ms. Ian DeVogler. Ooh, I have got my eating panties on tonight. I'm <laughs> seated and ready for The Last Supper, mama. <laughs> it's so funny. If you ever miss an episode, it's like the fans reset, uh-huh. and they're like, who is this Miss Ian person? Who is, who is she? Someone goes, that Miss Ian person. I'm like, like Ooh, that's your name. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My favorite, like, who is this Miss Ian person will be <laughs> when someone discovers who I be, and then they start to do, like, the deep dive onto the show, and they're like, wait a minute. This bitch has been in the background of every season. I'm like, welcome to the show, everybody. I've been here. That's why you're here, because you know what you're talking about. She that's does a couple things. <laughs> Just, you know, maybe, maybe one or two. All right, so we're going to dig into... Oh, Happy New Year, by the oh way. Oh, my God. Happy New Year to you both. I was so, so sad that I couldn't be here for the New Year's episode, but y'all know what you're doing. I know I don't got to worry about it. I was in Texas being a good old down-home diva. <laughs> the ho- the, that whole holiday season was crazy this year because we were all like in and out of town and doing yeah. different stuff, mm-hmm. So, but we're all back on track now and back home. So, All right, so let's dig into this reunion. I want to start off with talking a little bit about the behind the scenes vibe so that fans understand. I think it's important for them to understand kind of what the mood was like that day because you see the final edit of the show. So yeah, let's talk about what the vibe was like. The vibe that day was weird. I think that you can almost say that for every Last Supper. I think and by the vibe was weird. The vibe on the day of the Last Supper is unlike any other day, sort of like you said when I wasn't in the studio earlier, it's everyone's last chance. And I think some people are acutely aware of that and they show up ready to film that day and there is just an energy field. And this season, the energy field was definitely a little murky. Mm -hmm. I think people are so used to watching reality shows and thinking of, quote, reunion episodes as high drama, fights. You know, that's what's expected. And I think that the cast... We're trying to stop that from happening, I guess. I mean, how would you describe it? I think that this cast in particular was hyper aware of how they may come across if they came for somebody or if they got spicy, if they attacked somebody in any way, you know? And I think that really got in their heads and pretty much took over. Like that became like the primary directive which superseded, I should represent myself, I should tell the truth, I need to show fans like where I was coming from in this moment. All those things become secondary if it's like, because I don't want to be attacked or canceled. Yeah. I don't want to represent queer artists in this way. Let's let's pretend like we had no static and like let's just get along. I think there was a schism in the cast. I think there was a, a part of the cast that were very we're queer artists. We shouldn't behave this way. And we don't want to be represented on TV as people that fight each other. And then there was the other side of the cast. That's like, this is Dragula. Mm-hmm. This is what we signed up for. What are you talking about? This you know? is a reality show. Yeah. Like come to play. Exactly. And then there's the side of us. That's like, we are telling a story. We are storytellers who are telling your story. It is our job today to make sure that any of these storylines are tied up, explained and addressed. And if you refuse to engage each other in this stuff and or you're fake about it, you're like, I forgive you. It's over. Let's go. We're good. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So that was the energy on set. They were very worried. I think not all of them. You can't say because everyone doesn't have the same mindset, but 
I think there were a contingency of them that were concerned about coming off the wrong way. And that's, you know, Fantasia makes that crack on episode eight when they go to the wrecking room or whatever. Yeah. And she's kind of mocking Throb and is like, Throb will probably say, these are queer artists. We shouldn't be acting. That's what Fantasia is talking about. That's exactly what yeah. she's talking about mm-hmm. when she says that. Is that that There was that back and forth between the cast, I think. And Fantasia is a great example of someone who understands exactly what's happening. I'm on right. a reality television mm-hmm. show. I am a character. I'm representing myself. I'm competing. And this is entertainment. Yeah. You know, Dragula serves a lot of masters. We show diversity. We have real conversations about things like mental health issues or what it might like to be a trans person in America today and addiction and racial issues and just all of these kind of things like we're not scared to engage them and you just don't see that on TV very much if people stopped and thought like wow we don't even see these things on TV very much at all. We almost never see these kind of things on TV featuring queer people. Right. Like that's such a that is such a niche within a niche. Like you just don't get to hear those voices. So those are like some of the things that Dragula does, but Dragula is also a piece of entertainment. It's a reality competition show and you can't forget that. So if you want it to be a craft show or like a social commentary about queer artists, go on another show. That's that's not this show. That is one of the things I, I, I sort of took issue with some of the cast members this year is I felt like they're like, I'm such a fan of Dragula. Please, I beg you, put me on this show. I go through the audition process. I do everything I can to get cast. And then I get there and then I don't want to play the game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to actually be in the show. The mm-hmm. show that I have watched for years and said I, I like, where people were much worse in previous seasons. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uncomfortable because I'm like, why are you coming to apply for a job at KFC? But then when you get hired, you want to tell us all that it's going to be a vegan restaurant now and, and we should all start cooking vegan food. Yeah! And the owner should change it to a vegan restaurant. You're in the wrong restaurant. Yeah. Mama, I'm ready for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that you're right. And this sort of ties into a conversation we were having before we sat down to record, which I think that, unfortunately, a lot of the competitors who act in this way that we're talking about are acting out of fear. And it's unfortunate because this is the show. This is what we do. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Or, as Jarvis pointed out, the physical embodiment that is track. (laughs) But you can't be afraid of conflict. Like, there's nothing wrong with talking to someone and saying, hey, I had this issue with you that was X amount of weeks before whatever. I need to hash it out with you. This is the last time we're going to have an opportunity on camera to say it. They want to take a step back and like you said, oh, it's cool. I forgive you. Do you? Well, when did that happen? I'm an audience member and I wasn't there for that. So, please, I would love to have a seat at the table. I think people see that once they get home in their defense, they're filming this all in succession. Like they're not taking a break going home, watching the episodes and then coming back. They're filming the reunion three days after they went home from episode eight. So they're still in that. I'm a prisoner in this weird world experience. And so I don't, I don't know that they have the wherewithal to think about it in the right way. Mm -hmm. I I think you're right, but I, I don't think it has to be that way. Yeah. When we think about Swan mentioned Fantasia, I think about the, and we'll get to this obviously, but the interaction with Fantasia and JK where they sort of get into it a little bit. They hash it out. Mm -hmm. It gets a little bit spicy, but then ultimately JK says something to the effect of, well, you hurt my feelings and you offended me and here's how. And Fantasia, like an adult just goes, okay, well, I'm sorry. You know, okay, I'm, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. This is how I feel. I hope we can move past this. And I'm like, I, as an audience member, 
I feel good now. I'm like, yeah. this with a bow, it's done. Mm-hmm. I think too, it's going to be hard to give the sort of reality TV that maybe we did during season two, because times are different now. And people will say, I miss the rawness of season two. The audience could not handle the rawness of season two. You say that you romanticize Girl. it, mm-hmm. but even when season two was coming out, do you remember how toxic it was online? I mean, Monique, James, they, their whole lives would get destroyed. And, you know, it wasn't even that. It would be like even other people. Like I remember Sasha Valor and Vander would be like, oh, mm-hmm. there's we shouldn't have queer people fighting on the show like that. Not, But yet the ratings were like going through the roof. And I'm like, people, if they couldn't handle it then, can you imagine if we aired season two today? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm not into it. I mean, that's the thing. I think the fan base, uh, there's a certain vocal minority of the fan base that are toxic and abusive i think at this point and because of that you're not going to get that kind of reality tv anymore you're just not they spread the rumors and the nastiness (laughs) (laughs) you can't just have a problem with someone if you have a if you you raise your voice all of a sudden you are transphobic or you i'm going to call your mom and tell her to kill herself because you looked at you know at JK sideways. I mean, it's crazy. So, so what I'm saying is in defense of the competitors too, I understand why they're scared. Hi, yeah. I got death threats for not dumping blood on Victoria during Titan. <laughs> so if that tells you how, you know, oh, unhinged oh. some of the fan base it's is. It's true. Thank you everyone. <laughs> it's true. Merry we, we have to endure this as long as we continue to agree to make Dragula, right? We, we, we stick our necks out and we put ourselves in the line of fire, but I'm not giving up. I think it's super important what we do, but also I love this kind of entertainment. I want the clock to be able to to wind back where audiences can handle yeah, conflict just, and stuff like from season two, if we're using that as an example. Like, we can handle it, ladies. We're grown. We'll we're see. adults. And you should be able to handle the fact that people don't get along. There are conflicts in the world and we have to learn how to deal with them and talk about them and learn from someone else's perspective so that like people can grow. Otherwise, everything just shuts down. We've had this conversation a million times. If you can't speak to somebody else, even if they have opposing views, you'll never learn anything. There'll be no growth at all. We will just be enemies forever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think fans know. I literally had someone say they were going to shoot me with a gun on Christmas because I did not dump blood on Victoria Black. That really happened. Yeah. Just so people understand what we're talking about when we're like, we need to take a break during the holidays. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Let's get on to this reunion. Yes. So once we did get everybody in the right mood and I think a little vodka helped. A little serve vodka. (laughs) We sat down and it was time to kind of dig into the season and just what had happened up to that point. And remember, people were feeling very raw. Again, people are getting eliminated every week. And this is the first time they're seeing each other on camera again. Some of them for like, what, five weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Strangely, just existing in one in a weird parallel ghost world where it's, hey, the competition is happening away from you and you are just waiting for the reunion sitting there. Yeah, so let's kind of dig into the first thing that we covered, which was we talked about Cynthia in the woods. Baby! So remind for people, this is from episode one where we welcomed the cast to the new season and we had them 
shipped up to this area in the woods and they were walking through the woods and people were jumping out and doing all kinds of stuff to them. So I don't know if it was super clear if you're watching the reunion. So kind of behind the scenes, we were all on set. Obviously, we're there in the woods with the cameras. But a lot of times the competitors, they couldn't really tell what was happening because when you have lights on you and you're in the dark, you can't see what's behind the lights. Mm -hmm. And it's their first time on camera. So Cynthia, a bucket of blood gets dumped on her <laughs> and she falls on the ground. And you saw it at the reunion, the full clip. She she did a whole death scene. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I literally had to pause the episode because oh. I was just, I was transported right back into the woods watching Cynthia have this complete meltdown. And, and we had no idea. We're like, right. is she okay? Is she hurt? Does she think she's acting? Did someone tell her she was supposed to act? And it was long too. Oh, it was so uncomfortable. And <laughs> I was far, I was kind of far away. Cause if you remember, I can't remember if you were calling action or I was calling action, but I was giving Cynthia the green light to, to go, to move into the scene. So I was way in the back. Oh. So I was kind of removed, but I could see her going through. And then I hear like screaming and wailing and freaking out. And I'm like, is she, oh my God. Is this I was like, oh wait, no. This bitch is just crazy. <laughs> when I was there, I thought I started to feel bad, right? Because I was like, oh, God, because like you never know when we do these things to them, like how they're going to react. And sometimes I think I'm like overexposed and I'm like, maybe maybe this is too rough. Right. And I thought maybe when someone threw blood on her after she had already gotten zapped and chased around, <laughs> I thought she was having a breakdown and she was like upset you know or she she was just like i'm broke I, this broke me i'm freaking out and then <laughs> but then when i was like wait why did she like lay her head down and then look up and then lay it down <laughs> it was so melodramatic Amazing. i think that for me that mentality shifted after about 30 uninterrupted seconds of ah! i just looked at her like oh so we're still going. Oh my God. Like, like, look at my watch. Like, when's lunch? Like, yeah. damn, like, let's go. And little did we know that to me, that was the moment where Cynthia began just placing herself in the hearts and minds of America. And oh, yeah. 100%. We did not know what we were dealing with at the time, but she was beginning <laughs> to show us and we fell in love quickly. Yeah. There's so many moments. I don't know if you all get this, but where I'm like, I know we're making good TV. I know we went through the safety of everything. I know this is okay and safe to do. But sometimes after we go through the motions of setting it up and I'm literally standing there, and I'm like, this is my fault. <laughs> then I'm like... Oh my God, is this bad? <laughs> Do you all ever get those moments or no? Like when we're on the bridge. Oh yeah. Like when we actually yeah. were on the, like I, we planned it out. We went there, we scouted it, we set everything up. I knew it was coming, but when I was actually standing there with them, I'm like, mm. wait, you know, <laughs> totally. that is classic you though. I yeah. mean, you're always the person to push the envelope. You want it to be more extreme and further. Right. And we've talked about this before where Ian and I are more of like the rule Marthas and we're like, no, 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 wait a minute. Just let's make Martha. sure, you know, <laughs> let's make sure no one really dies. But I'm the opposite <laughs> of you in those moments. Cause at that point I'm like, we have committed to this. And yeah. this is what we're doing. You're like, strap me in, Diva. Yeah, Let's this go. is what we're doing. Because like, face I see it or they're die. sad or scared. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, if you just trust me and do this, everyone's going to love you and you're going to be incredible. It's going to be so tell, good. Tell me how crazy it was looking over the edge after Ooh. JK had jumped, knowing that Satana spilled tea, was crying on the bridge moments yeah. before. I was like, this is 
this is fucked up. Like, I know. Someone could literally intense. lose their life here. And we're nicey cuties because we did not show Satana crying. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. Swan, I got to give it to you. You even went over. I mean, you had a really nice sort of pep talk with her. Like, yeah. Eva, you need to put your big girl panties. You need to put your big girl fairy, like, <laughs> mom panties, panties on. on. Yeah. And you need to jump off that bridge. Well, yeah. Classically, we usually don't make them do stuff that we wouldn't want to do. But because now we're directing and we're not just there witnessing, we couldn't do it. We could not do that. But someone else on the crew could, <laughs> which was Ian. Yay! Oh my god, I've been waiting. I've been like, this yes. is my this is my dark secret. I'll take it to my grave. So we so at, we could we didn't we waited until they filmed and they had their whole experience because mm-hmm. I think if they saw us doing it, it would take this fear out of oh, it. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think that I'm so happy that I got to do it. But if I had done it before they had done it to like test safety or whatever, I think they would have said, oh, okay, whatever. She did did it. And if if she didn't die, it's fine. It's less scary. I think after Mm -hmm. someone does it and which JK did it first. Yeah. 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 So what, what, how did you think of it? It was a total adrenaline rush. I've never done anything like that before. And it is really a weird sensation because when you do it, you have to consciously decide, I am going to just jump off of this thing. And yes, there are safety ropes and all these things, but there is no one who's also moving you off of the plane or doing whatever. It's literally just, I am going to just boop off into the abyss. And there's this feeling of weightlessness and you're just dropping through the air. And I have a video that I think Swan, you took it and it just cracks me up because I, I know who I am, and who I am is I'm a chaotic diva sometimes because you just hear, ah, yes, mama, work. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I like this? <laughs> so did you feel like when you, because you have to jump backwards off of mm-hmm. it, did you feel like you just felt 100% this is secure and safe and so you weren't afraid that it was going to break or anything? Or I just was like, this is happening. I'm going to do it. I want to do this. I said I would do it. I do all the exterminations these two did it there's no way i'm not gonna do this now and three two one woo all right there we go yeah it's the raw it's the backwards part of it that i wasn't expecting yeah because i'm like backwards there there was a lot of precarious elements to it too because they had those those targets on the rock walls across the chasm where it's like okay aim for this and i'm like (laughs) aim for this you're not even facing in that direction (laughs) and then there's these gigantic girders like the beams under the bridge because they snapped up and then disappeared i'm like I could just imagine them like a, like something on the end of an elastic band just coming back and slapping well, the other I side of the Satana, bridge. Well, I thought I thought that's what had happened yeah, to her. Yeah, that's the only piece that actually freaked me out. Like while it's happening, it's just pure adrenaline. But then you sort of hit the bottom and then you're snapping back up. And I just remember looking up at the girder as it is rapidly approaching my fucking skull. And I was like, Ooh, I'm gonna die. And then she's fine. Yeah, or maybe that's my clone maybe i don't know after you went down the first time right then mm-hmm. you bounce up and then you go back down yeah. is the second bounce down less intense definitely less intense but it sort of changes like a like you're riding a roller coaster the first drop is always the most intense and after that there's peaks and valleys in the experience but it just became pure fun and adrenaline Mm. at that point just sort of swinging around and there's really no feeling like it i mean you're literally just flying through the air there's nothing besides gravity that's sort of just affecting your body very strange i can see that i feel like the worst part of it for me would be when they're pulling you back i was just thinking about that yeah was that is it like that it's 
I would say that if there is a worst part, that is the worst part because you're sort of just left alone with now your brain is depleted of all the serotonin, dopamine, the adrenaline is kind of gone. And you're just laying there like the realization. Yeah, you're just like laying there like a weird limp starfish, like waiting for him to grab the towel. And you're like, uh, okay, I guess like pull me up, daddy. And it, it takes a long time. You're just kind of like, so if the cord snapped now, that would be the cosmic irony death oh, of my yeah. life. It was Absolutely. the rocks and the water below that's like, ow. I saw this thing on Twitter. And by thing, I mean a tweet that someone posted and was like, there is no way that JK and Satana did this in full drag. And I'm like, what? you have you no idea on television. I think like, they were mostly talking about the, the hike up. Oh, oh they yeah. did. And they did. And that's the piece that I am. I, I forever bow down. That was the hardcore extermination. Yeah. Brutal. I think so too. Yeah. Well, loved it. We I, underestimated. Know the, I know what the first one of season six is and it's worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is the worst. I'm not. We gotta cut that because no one will audition. Oh God, <laughs> that's going in. Sorry. All right. All right. So we got through the Cynthia in the Woods thing. Wow. We only yeah. talked about that for 45 minutes. Yeah. And the then part. we moved on to the audition video. So yeah. fans got to see what we see. A lot of the content that we see. What did you all think of that? These what did you all think of those videos that you already saw a hundred times, ten months ago? <laughs> well, these are the moments when these videos come across the casting television screen. We start to fall in love with like the possibilities. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that I think sticks out the most is Onyx's. Like Onyx's yeah. like body of Christ, which is actually a cigarette. Yeah. And she's like a pregnant nun. I'm like, everything about this is so dead wrong. And I love it. Totally. For me, watching those tapes at this point, where we've seen all the competitions happened and you, we get, we've gotten to know them. I look at it and I'm like, this is why you were cast. Yeah. This is exactly it. When people are getting ready to put their tapes in, just really think about, are you ready? Because when I look at those tapes, I'm like, oh, everyone here was ready. They're ready to compete. Yeah. Also, I think it's cool because we get a little window into their life and yeah. where they're from, where they're coming from. Like, what are their experiences before they enter Dragula world? And what might they be going back to transformed? Mm-hmm. And Cynthia comes to mind because <laughs> driving around in whatever town that was and like in the middle of the night, someone knocking Missouri. on her window, yeah. and crack pipe at 3 a.m. I'm like... This is this is some of the the reality. Not that many queer people will show up at a gas station looking like that at three in the morning, but that kind of fear, that threat of violence is what a lot of queer people deal with all the time. I mean, just being like a gay or lesbian person going to a gas station and in an area like that in the middle of the night is scary. Yeah. I think people forget that. Um, I also think it's interesting. Onyx, like you said, the person who Onyx was in their audition tape was not the person that was showing up the set. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that the audience didn't see. They oh my God, Onyx is such a great artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when, when you don't know who they are, and, and obviously everyone on set did not know who they were yet outside of their audition video, and then you have opportunity after opportunity to speak up and start to become active and start to be present. And you could tell that Onyx was like, like mm-hmm. not showing up. To work. Well, I think that that goes for a lot of the competitors in different situations. It makes me think about the interaction that Throb has with JK, mm-hmm. where JK is saying, I thought you were my friend in this competition, and then, you know, you said that you would send me home. And Throb's response is, I didn't know you before this. Like, I, I had no Jarvis's body of work for years and years and years. So when it comes down to the two of you, 
I actually don't know you all that well. And in fact, you know, you're not on my priority list and neither is Jarvis. That's what I was talking about earlier. Like, you know, okay, Throb's like, I want to take you out. And people are like, oh my God, destroy Throb. Like some of the fans mm-hmm. at home, you know, that's evil. That's what I'm like, but you want us to go back to season two rawness. Make that make sense. I'm like, did you watch season two? Do you remember James Majesty and Abora and Air? I mean, all that? It's the it's rose crazy. colored glasses. I think. I think that's what it is too. I think they were size those things. But yeah, yeah I mean, in, in today, season five, even someone saying, Hey, I want you to go home, people are like, cancel them. <laughs> Did, let's call their job. They should be fired. Holy <laughs> shit. Not at the KFC. Uh, I can't wait to become shift lead. Uh. Um more about Onyx. So Onyx does after being eliminated sort of wake up and come to i think during their time there on the show filming and which she comes out as trans at the reunion what did you all think of that that's a big step for anybody i think especially to do it publicly me too i mean i think that it really speaks to what we were saying questioning like hmm how is this person presenting who are you, who are you? because you were one person on your audition tape you're another person here and it was confusing similarly with satana mm, if you think yeah. about satana was a completely different person i know satana's wanted to be on the show for quite a while and was sort of like came from the school of combative reality tv mm-hmm. you know she was very like I want to go dump a drink on someone. I want to fight some people. This is wrong. You know, previous season, she'd be like, I would have did this. I would have did that. Mm-hmm. And then it's such a different experience when you actually come on the show, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get into this conversation about Jarvis and anxiety. What did you all mm. think of that? I was kind of shocked because I don't think I realized to what degree anxiety's role played in Jarvis's life. Mm-hmm. Personally, publicly and and obviously in the drag i i think it's important to be able to talk about those kind of things too because the reality is there are people that you might think oh my god they're so extroverted they're so creative what an amazing artist and i think jarvis is an amazing artist but the the internal battles that might be going on without an audience member knowing it exists it's something that jarvis struggles with and we wouldn't know about it unless someone was brave enough to come forward and start talking about it which is what we got which i was grateful for I agree with you. I think that it is important for anyone who is planning on auditioning or who has auditioned for season six to sort of remember this conversation and just be real with yourself because anyone who is ready to compete can do it. But if you feel as though, ooh, well, my anxiety is X, Y, Z, and I don't know how I'd handle these situations, I can guarantee you it is going to get the better of you because you like, in, but they'll never say that in the audition materials. Right. Everyone's like, Oh, I got it. I'm a badass. I'll do anything. I don't take any medications. I'm good. That's the thing. They won't disclose nope. it on the, the health questionnaires and the medications mm-hmm. and all that. They won't or say if they anything. do. They downplay it. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was shocked because we do get all those things like the medical reports and all the things that happen when we, when someone auditions for the show. But I do feel like people will downplay things that make their possibility of getting cast look better yeah. or upplay things that might not actually be a strength. And then you, you pay for that. Yeah. There was someone on season three. I remember that what that had to do the physical and everything and a complete clean bill of health. And then when they got there, uh, I have bursitis, my hands <laughs> broken. I have a snapped leg. I have multiple personality disorder, all these things. And I'm like, 
Well, that would have been nice if you had told us about it before yeah, you got here. I cleared up my bursitis for the record. <laughs> the personalities have multiplied. <laughs> I want to put this out there too. There are a lot of probing questions when it comes to the auditioning process, but some of that is we're screening for things that we may be able to help you with. Yeah. We we're screening Not us for, personally, the people that do that. Yeah. That, that, that's their job. Exactly. Like when I say we, I mean like the production company at large, all of the teams that kind of build these characters that we all fall in love with. If you have issues with mental health or there's troubled past in your, your history of like social media kind of stuff, if there's anything that's a controversy, we can help you manage those things because that's, that's stuff that your, your whole career can be destroyed over if it's not handled tactfully and respectfully. Yeah, I think sometimes the truth is you're not ready for something even though you really want it. And I I think Mm -hmm. some competitors in the past have seen that. They're like, I want this so bad. I know I'm going to be great. But sometimes there's a reason that you don't get cast on things. It's just like when you're you're auditioning like as an actor or us as hosts or whatever. Sometimes you don't get stuff and it's good that you don't get it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what it is that would have happened to you had you gotten that. There may be reasons that the producers know that – Maybe it would be bad for you if you did it. I agree with that and believe in that 100%. Like, I actually live my life that way, where if something I really wanted doesn't happen, I can trust that in the future I'll be able to look back and learn why that didn't happen. And there's, like, a lesson in there. There were there has been at least one thing in the past three years that at first I was like, I would have liked to do that, and that we didn't get cast on, and I'm so glad we did it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to the Klonopin... Um, and in, in my very humble personal opinion, I'm not a professional. I'm someone who struggles with their own mental health issues from time to time, like everybody. And I'm a big advocator of people that make decisions to take care of themselves. Popping clonopin daily. I don't want, be- yeah, I don't want listeners or viewers no. to think that we are advocating that. I am not, we're not mental health professionals. I would not recommend that to anybody. You know, I'm not questioning Jarvis or their particular thing, but I'm just saying personally, I don't want viewers to to hear that and think that's how I'll deal with my life. I'll just do, do not do that. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, please seek professional help before you consider taking any kind of medication. Yeah. There's like cognitive behavioral therapy and other therapies that can help you just learn how to deal with thoughts instead of medicating the thoughts. And I'm not saying for people that medicate, it's a bad thing. Like we all need different things at different times. Right. But it isn't like, Oh, I have this too. And I'm just going to like take these drugs because they're opioids and they're addictive and it's its own danger. I think too, when you are prescribed those medications and you take them as when you take them as recommended or as needed, that's great. But if you are in a, and this is unfortunately the reality is if you're in a competition setting and you are, doing things, whether it's drinking or it's smoking weed or it's taking medications that are altering your presence of mind in that moment, things can get cloudy. Things can get a little weird sometimes. I'm not saying that that's what happened here, but I've seen it before where people make weird decisions that, yeah. that later on they're like, ooh, I should not have had that Xanax. Yeah. I should not have done that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Before we go on, I kind of want to back up a little bit in something that I forgot to mention right at the beginning before we began. The looks. Oh, the looks were through the Well, we roof. didn't judge. We didn't judge. So let's <laughs> oh, judge. Ooh, yeah. Oh, my God. Let ju- wait. Do let judgment begin? Yes. <laughs> let's let judgment <laughs> begin. Okay, Yay. let's start with Anna. A. A for Anna. A for Anna. Yes. What do we think of Anna's look? I loved Anna's look. I mm-hmm. love the gender play. I love the 
Bram Stoker's Dracula, the devil. I love the opulence. I thought it was great. Yeah, agreed. I think that Anna looked fantastic. I am a personal fan of gender bending when it's done right. And I just thought that Anna looked great and sold the look. I think it was fantastic as well. Like, I love the little classic devil. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was so good. I at first questioned the sort of bell shape of the gown, but then I remembered this is a reunion. She's smart. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be sitting for 12 plus You're hours. You're going to be sitting for 12 mm-hmm. hours. You yeah. don't want to be doing it in a corset like I was. What were some of your other favorite looks? Let's talk about your tops from this episode. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, so Swan, who are your two tops? Um, can you spin the, the, the screen a little bit yes. further? I'm going to say I'm going to take a liberty. Surprise. I'm going to pick three because oh I can't. Oh, my gosh. She can't follow a rule. <laughs> and you know what? I make the rule, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Onyx looks incredible. The mm-hmm. best that they've looked the whole season, I think. And one of the best looks on the stage. So Onyx is on the top for me. Jarvis is also a favorite of mine. Fierce. The paint is correct. But what I, I mean, I love the, the inverted cross and the robe of it all. But what I love the most is the choice of that shock of pink mm. as a contrast color. I was like, it's so gay and so fabulous. <laughs> I live. And I think Neo is my, my third. It's so cunt and spout. It's like literally from what she says from the future. Mm-hmm. Those are my top three. I would say and that Ian. Ms. Ian DeVogler, uh, my top two are uh, Drac Morta and Swanthula Boulay. <laughs> because I mean, the only answer. Oh, hello, what am Thank I going to say? But I will say that my big honorable mentions are, we've already talked about Anna, fabulous. I'm also going to go with Onyx, and I'm going to go with JK. I love mm. the way that JK looks. The paint is correct. The mug is stamped. The wig is pointed. I live. Yeah. Well, they came dressed for mischief too, which I appreciate. Oh, yeah. Yes. And they knew it. They, they knew, knew they were for the role. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Let me see. So for me, my top two, I'm going to say Jarvis and Onyx as well. <gasps> mm. Is that potentially a oh. win? For so, Onyx on Dicks? Yes. So Onyx and Jarvis would Jarvis, be our top. Yeah. So Onyx won. Onyx won the reunion <gasps> as far as the look. As far as the looks goes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Onyx won the look for the reunion. And Jarvis was in second. Yeah. Well, I think Neo's up there too, but so is JK. I, yeah, I kind of agree with what we've come up with. Yeah. yeah. I, and you know I, what? Thought, I thought Satana's was interesting too. I thought it was cute, like what she did with her face mm-hmm. and all that as well. So yeah. Everyone looked great, honestly. Everyone did happy. look good. I mean, because I was going to say, oh, well, Fantasia looked really great too. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody looked kind of great. Yeah. yeah. And you're sitting there in a slip dress. (laughs) (laughs) Course it into high hell in a slip dress that's all the way up to your thigh. And Uh, you're wearing Skechers. (laughs) (laughs) Does she have slippers on? And we need to do note. a slipper challenge <laughs> we yes. on season six. Slippers versus club kid boots. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, the yes. yes. That's going to be a bright fee for season six. <gasps> and on that note, we're going to take our second break and we will be right back. And we are back, my darlings, and I want to touch on a touchy subject, which is 
JK. Yeah. JK, I think, was a standout star of this season. They gave us so much of what we've been talking about this whole podcast, which is show us who you are. Show us your emotions. Show us your reactions. Like, give us what we saw in the audition tape. And I just think that after watching the reunion and watching it with other friends and got to see their feedback too, I think it was very clear that JK kind of earned their reputation as like this annoying person and not just earned it. They dress the part. They (laughs) want to be the little devil and they get off on being the thing that gets under people's skin. Like you could see him mischievously laughing. And this was the character that the entire cast was dealing with for months. One of the things that the audience said, well, this JK drama, it's too much. It's too much. And they're bullying him. I want to speak on that. JK showed up for work with the assignment. If we had put JK mm-hmm. in the season two cast, he would have just been one of the cast members. Ooh, she would have been thriving, <laughs> darling. Yeah, and the reason that it was such a prominent storyline here is because nobody else was having any, con- they just would not have conflict with each other. <sighs> That's true. And you're a story producer on a show. Your job is to tell people stories. But I think a lot of times people go on reality shows and they think, these story producers are here to make me fight each other. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to look like that. I'm like, no, you, you just have to, like, we cast 11 extremely different people, and we want to see you hash it out. Yeah. It's interesting to see people mm-hmm. talk about different opinions. Yeah. And JK realizes that. A lot of the rest of them either didn't realize that or just wasn't willing to do that on TV. Or realize it. Literally, as they're up for extermination, which is the worst time to realize. Yeah, or yeah. when they're home in housing Ooh. after they've been eliminated and wondering, like, why did I do that? Yeah. Or why mm-hmm. didn't I do that sometimes? Yeah. So, I mean, that was the real answer as far as JK and the bullying and the this and the that. Another thing is JK and Fantasia probably had the most conflict, yeah. which is why in the reunion you see them making up. Mm-hmm. A lot of that did not make it in the final episodes because the other side of that was we don't want Fantasia to look like she's pissed off all the time because she's not right. But again, because no one else is speaking up, you don't want to be like, well, JK and Fantasia are the two people fighting all the time. And let's just focus on that. It doesn't look good for them. So it really, it's a catch 22. Yeah. And this episode showed us too, right from JK's mouth. Like JK got it from Fantasia from BlackBerry, from Cynthia, from Throb, from Orgotic. Like, there was a lot of static, and the common denominator was JK, and I think to some degree it was earned because they kind of get off on being that character that's like, I want to be the most annoying person in Brooklyn. And I think, mm-hmm. too, for other I people that are, are trying to, <laughs> I think for other people who might come on the show in the future, like, it's okay if you're like... Jarvis and you're like I don't fight people and I'm mm-hmm. quiet that's cool but you know what else Jarvis you're married to a cis man you have a lot of struggles with anxiety there's all these other things that you could talk about very you interesting points they're very yeah, interesting very interesting you don't have to come on the show and fight people but yeah. you do have to come on the show and share who you are to that point I think that there have been competitors in the past who they have all these things that they tell us during cast or they tell the casting team during casting oh, I I have all these interesting points about my life or here's blah, 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 blah. But then they get to the lab and then they're silent. And then, hey, why did you not say that? Oh, well, I just didn't think there was a good time. There is never a good time. Right. Just talk about it. Just go, just get in there. Like get into the scramble. 
If it's you like, don't, you should get left behind. They probably feel weird to be like, why would I walk in the room and be like, hey, guys, when I was seven, I got hit by, you know, that's what it is. But I'm like, but I, that's exactly what it is. I would love if someone just showed up and was like, so who do you think would, I got hit by a bus when I was seven. I'd be like, that is my winner. That is my winner. But like Fantasia has a really interesting history. I would love to know more about Fantasia's mm-hmm. history, but she found a way to to be able to tell her story, it tied into things on the show. And if you pay attention to the openings, there are places for you to share your story if you're willing to do it. Yeah, I agree. And I want to implore audience members and fans. I know the show, just like any other, like I I like to think of it as like, you know, Dragula, the finale is almost like the queerdo Super Bowl, right? (laughs) You're so invested and you want your team to win and all that. Celebrate the people you love and yeah. maybe do do a lot more of that. It's just so much better for everybody and everything. And maybe attack the things that you don't love a lot less. We just don't need it. And if you want to watch a show that's more about craft and the art and fabricating, might I suggest Craftopia or you some can't other show? Exactly. Oh, oh, I forgot it. it got canceled. That's right. the thing. <laughs> like a, a drag craft show would not work. Mm-hmm. But regardless of if it would work or it wouldn't, it's not Dragula. It's not what you yeah. signed up for. And it is never going to be that. Mama. So let's talk about Monica from Santa Monica. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, the star of the reunion. <laughs> you can see I'm just not even present. I'm just reading the cue cards and I'm like, what? the fuck <laughs> that was hilarious is monica from santa monica real or not monica from santa Mo- monica from santa monica writes she real okay she real she submitted that question she real okay all right i think i can see the future i think monica from santa monica is gonna write a listener question at the end of every reunion oh, yes! <laughs> i think that the one Super fan who I'm disappointed didn't write a question is Nightingale Triple X. But oh, Nightingale's we haven't heard been from her for a while. I, I bet you we're gonna get an audition tape. I hope so. Come Monica on, Mama. from Santa Monica is actually Reality Von Tease. For those of you that know what I'm talking about, <laughs> no one wants to talk about it, but Drac wants to talk about it. I knew she wanted to. <laughs> okay, so. Oh, one of the other things we should talk about that fans might wonder about is the top four thing. I see a lot of discussion. <laughs> oh, about, sure. Why did you do a top four? And, you know, all that. We didn't want to do a top four. Like when we <laughs> said it, la- I feel like we cursed ourselves when we said we're never going to do a top four again. I should have just known in that moment <laughs> that that's exactly what we were going to do. Yeah. Yep. It was a really just a tough decision. Mm-hmm. We don't judge the show randomly it's not just like well i think this person's got a cute outfit they win (laughs) there's actually lots of scoring that happens there's charts for each episode and each look and the truth is these people were so even yeah i think at the end of the the competitive part of the show like before the reunion it was just an impossibility to say which one of these four artists does not deserve a placement in the finale and we just couldn't come up with any arrangement that made sense so it was like it's more drag it's more celebration it's more competition and i think it's just more of everything so that's what we decided to do i'm right there with you i think that if anyone has a weird lowercase p problem with the decision for a top four 
Mama, what do you, what is it that you want? Do you want more drag? Do you want less drag? Like, just just tell us because I'm happy looking at a top four. I'm like, cool. Let's more floor show. Swan wanted it to be a top two. How I about was gonna that? say. Oh! I was gonna say. How about this? We go into a top the reunion with a top four. We have a death match between two of them to yes. fight for the top three. The trick is both of them get eliminated <gasps> and we get a top two. Now that's Gagula. <laughs> that See, is my Gagula. argument was, well, what the, the what's this last episode going to be like? Ten minutes long. <laughs> There's not going to be anybody in it. There's <laughs> just two people sitting in the lab. So you want to, you want to like put your makeup on yet? It's like or? me and Drac every time we're in the judges booth. It's like, <laughs> here we are, a whole show around me and you. Here we are, <laughs> me, yes. you and a, me you and two microphones. Yes, in my plastic dress. Oh, God. So one of the last things that happens on the reunion is the Neo and Orgotic thing, which I think is maybe one of the most interesting things that happened. The whole season, they're together, and you can kind of tell they're forming a relationship. And then that, which I did not expect. What did you all think of that? So cold and, and, and strange. I, I was like, that. what is happening? But I, I wanted more, but then it was almost like kind of tantalizing that we got almost nothing. So I guess, I guess we'll see. Sue them. Shame on them for not speaking up. <laughs> because I understand why they wouldn't want to, but that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. You cannot let people in. You can't crack the door and then realize there's a chain on the door. Mm-hmm. Open the door. <laughs> Open, Open the door, bitch. There's well, the door, bitch. <laughs> these people are all your fans. They are your fans because you shared in your journey. So you have to share the whole thing because I guarantee people are going to be pissed off at them for not talking more about it. Yeah. I am not one of the who is pissed off because I'm the last Creatures of the Night postmortem that I was here for. I had I had cast my aspersions onto the relationship, but it's weird. Sometimes I look at the show and I look at it in a vacuum, and I, I want to look at it in a vacuum. And I'm I'm looking at it for the competition. And when I see this type of almost cruelty happening in the background, I'm like, "Fuck! This is so bleak. I love it. Yes, yes, tear <laughs> each other down. Yes, compete. Yes, win, win, win." I'm like, I just I love it. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. Well, what did you? Who did you think was cold? What Neo or Orgotic? <sighs> I guess a little bit of orgotic. Like, I don't know. I think that it starts, for me, it starts with who do you think will betray you? And then there's sort of mm-hmm. that surprise answer, answer of Neo. And then Neo is, oh, well, I guess Orc. And I just, I feel like it becomes a sort of weird tit for tat. And it's, it's almost the whole time of my feelings of, well, what is the reality? And I don't know. I I like a little mystery, I guess. Do you think it was fake? Do you think that they contrived that? Because remember, they were MIA for a second together before that segment. If they did, then kudos divas i mean if they did i would kind of secretly love Caduce them for that but them. I, Caduce. Caduce. I don't think so though i think especially like orc's voice when i hear orc talk about their art and or where they come from in the world and not dreaming too big for the person that i am i just feel like there's such a trueness of all of his messaging that i just can't imagine them performing this conflict i just can't I love their relationship. I thought it was very authentic. I enjoyed watching it unfold on TV. This moment was very interesting too. I did want to know more in the moment, but I happen to know that since the finale is (laughs) next week, we will learn what happened, Mm -hmm. but I'm just trying to put myself in the viewers of in this moment. And I, I was pissed off that they didn't say more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tease. 
Well, as Jack mentioned, we are it's on a reality, Vonti. <laughs> as Jack mentioned, we are on the cusp of crowning our next drag super monster. So we are down to the last, the top four monsters of the season Blackberry, Orgotic, Neo Hulu X, and Throb Zombie. So anyone who hears my voice, vote. Give us a tweet, go on our TikTok, tell us, hashtag it, who do you want to win? Yeah, let us know. I'm curious. We'll tally it up and we'll talk about it here on the Billy Brothers Creatures of the Night for the post-mortem finale. Oh my god. Until next time, uglies. Uggos. Uggs. Boofy bitches. Boofy. (laughs) (laughs) The Boulet Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted and produced by Drachmorda and Swanthula Boulet, along with co-host Ian DeVogler with music by Neuron Spectre. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>